0: Okay, everybody ready? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, I'd like to take time out to introduce everybody today yeah. to, to the Kicking Owls podcast. Hey! Woo. This we're we We understand that. We know that. Um, what we usually like to do is get together and share informative stories around footwear and uh, the in-depth knowledge that we have and introduce people to the to so introduce people um, to the people we have access to that like know where the secrets are and can tell you really cool things about stuff that you weren't even aware about. And today, we have a very unique individual who is a professional athlete here in Portland for the Portland um, best soccer team that we've ever had, I think, since, <laughs> you know, ever. Um, it is, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you gotta use the mic. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm trying to get, to get you the mic. <laughs> Oh, you want me to do this part? Yeah. Alright, uh, so I guess uh I guess I guess I'll introduce him. Um no, uh I've had the, the pleasure, we at that Stock have had the pleasure. Uh wait a minute. What's your name, man? Oh yeah, that's important.
0: Yeah. <laughs> My name is Isaiah Witherspoon, and this is uh, your boy E. Weezy, And we are the Kicking Owls podcast. Can we get another round of applause for that? Woo! It sounds better when you together.
1: better exactly. afterwards. Alright, anyway, alright, back to the back to the important stuff. Because we don't matter. Yeah. Um, so uh, like I was saying, I had a I remember what I'm gonna tell the story of the day when you came through. So I remember one time we were closed, and there was these two dudes standing outside, and I was like, yo, this is dude standing outside, and I always feel bad because a lot of times we have customers who come from all over, right? They come from New York, but Philly, shout out Philly, Sixers, we we're gonna talk about that a lot. Um, you know. Uh, wherever all over the all over the world we get a lot of people so I always feel bad if somebody comes by and they're a little bit late and maybe we might not be able to make them a drink but I at least you know say hey come in look around whatever uh, and and it happened to be this dude and you were and you had a friend in town right
2: oh yeah my buddy yeah, yeah My buddy was yeah. in town
1: um, and so uh, y'all this is a Zarek Valentine, you're good yeah you're good no you're good yeah uh, and Zarek, you're actually uh, joined by someone today, huh?
2: I am. My yeah. mom's in town for the first time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, everybody, got mom? mom. Yep. Mom, yep. Uh, and uh, yeah, man, tell, tell, tell us who you are, what you do, blah blah blah.
2: Um, I uh, my name's Eric Valentine. I'm from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, the Amish capital of the world. Um, I. Uh, I've been all around the world playing soccer, college, high school, everything like that, but uh, luckily I've found a little bit of a home here in Portland. Um, I'm a Nike athlete, which is pretty cool, so shout-out to Nike. Sweet keep, keep Keep me laced up. Oh, there you go. Um,
0: Drake say recently, swoosh over stripes or something? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. What
2: is it? Check, uh, checks Check over, over stripes. stripes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I um, I like soccer, but I'm more passionate about other things. and. uh what Oh, a lot of different let's, things. Let's,
0: let's start with the latter question that we actually have in place for, for everything. I just I mean, want to get to the good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know he wants to get to the good stuff, but you guys got to understand, like, they have a great relationship, we're here, people get to see each other on a regular basis, I got a chance to meet the man a couple days ago over the weekend, but I never found out and don't know what your very first job was, because I'm sure it wasn't immediately playing on an MLS team. No, it? no. Was it
2: wasn't. Um, my first job was working soccer camps. Okay. Um, working with little kids, and that's when I found out that I enjoyed helping grow the game almost more than being a part of it and trying to help the future kind of, you know, try to teach them the right things. Obviously, I am no genius by any means, but, you know, to start the kids, <laughs> to start the kids off on a good foot was my first uh, paying job. Uh, I did not declare taxes on it, so please, none of you guys do that. Um, but, yeah, then once I went to school, thankfully, though, I was, uh, I was actually drafted. In 2010, so that was this is my first actual W two job.
1: Must be nice. Uh, So what? uh, What do you have any like key experiences or anything that you that you still use today that you got from that first job working in the camps and stuff like that? Being as how you know you only have one other job. Um, I was picking blueberries
2: and stuff. I would just say the 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 thing that I've taken most from that is just to always um, be as genuine as possible and to create as many relationships as possible. Because I I truly feel that, um, you know, life's about making relationships and furthering those relationships. And that's going to take you further than any resume or whatever it might be. It's, you know, you find out that people have incredible stories and hear where they come from and what makes them special and what drives them and what their fears are and stuff like that. And once you develop those relationships, it takes you closer on a personal level. And then maybe you connect for business. And if not, you just have good friends that you can, you know, ride or die with no matter what it might be.
0: Obviously, that was your first job. your professional play and everything. Is that where you want to kind of begin and end your life in the professional world? Every day? No. I mean, you want to be in the football world. I mean, in the football. sports. Yeah. Football world.
2: Yeah, no. For me, I uh, I grew up loving basketball. Oh, I dude. Uh, I was a huge, huge Sixers fan. I... My mom can tell you we still have we still have Allen Iverson bobbleheads in my in my in my. In my that's, that's, that's what I'm talking that's about. That's what I'm talking about. So that was that was our initial thing. Was we I walked in there and basically was saying they were talking about athletes and I was like let's let's put Iverson up there because if this dude was LeBron size he would be regarded as one of the best players he ever be played. And an even bigger legend. Yes. So I grew up loving basketball and up until about seventh grade I was playing both. And eventually, my mom was like, you, we got, you got to choose. Like, I can't be doing all these road trips back and forth. So I looked at it. Well, and I don't
1: I, like road trips? <laughs> no, I respect that. So, I, I, I want to stop right there, because I
0: think that's a huge point to call out. Even though this was something that was early and everything, you were obviously elite level if you were taking road trips to play in both sports, correct? Yeah, well, well the funny well, thing was. I just agreed with that.
2: Well, the funny thing was, I was taking road trips for both. But if I looked at it, when I finished, I was at the B team. For basketball, and I was on the national team for soccer. But I really liked basketball, and I almost quit for basketball because I really loved it. But I made the educated choice and picked the one that I was better at, and I think it went all right.
1: It, 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 it looks like it went all right. Can you, can you tell us? So, your, your first job was, was as a professional athlete, mm-hmm. but where are some of the places where you've had the, that, that has taken you?
2: I've. Um, you know, I've been really fortunate enough to be on a lot of youth national teams. And that's taken me to Argentina. It's taken me to Egypt. It's taken me all across Europe. I played in Norway for three years, uh, Mexico a bunch of times, Australia. Um, I've been really fortunate to travel through soccer um, and kind of just, you know, take as much of those different aspects and those different cultures as possible and try to reflect that in just the, the way I am and the way I might be. And you know, when I'm wearing skinny jeans and I'm walking around certain places, they go, well, "Why are you wearing those?" Like, we don't wear those here. And I say, "Well, the when I grew up in you know X X Y and Z, you know, this is what shaped me to be the person I am today." No,
1: that's dope.
2: Thank you.
0: Um, okay, cool. Um, so, tell us some of your earlier experience, earliest experiences with marketing, and like how that affected you and all that type of stuff. Yeah, kind of helped you start your path. Yeah, I. Um,
2: the weird thing was I was I was. in in a a magazine, uh, I think it was the New York Times, um, for like young soccer players, and that's when people first started kind of noticing like that I was all right at the sport, and that was weird to me, and it still is weird to me that people will come up to me and recognize what I do and ask me questions and stuff like that, because it's odd, Um, because I don't see myself in the same light that people might see myself. Um, So then, of course, when you kind of get into logistics, when um, when I signed professionally, uh, I signed a Generation Adidas contract, so I was an Adidas athlete when I first entered the MLS. Because you have to be, you have to be though. And so essentially, they say, all right, well, you know, just like basketball, it's one and done. But they said in soccer, they said we don't want to lose that education aspect. So you can leave, and we'll select ten of the best young players to leave, and we're going to give you money to go back to school while you're continuing to grow as a soccer player. Because. The, as you know, we weren't in the World Cup, so we're trying to get the best young players to keep playing professionally, but we also want to put an emphasis on education as well. So, using all that stuff, um, I was able to take my Adidas money that was given to me at first and use that um, to put towards my education, which I will be graduating in October. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, so that yes, was... I. get like a
0: mega
2: contract. I, yeah. <laughs> But I did promise my mom and my family that I would graduate, and I've held true to that. And my last class is in October. I start uh, first week in September. Woo-hoo! Yeah, so right when I got some of the, yeah, I know. So right when I started you know, kind of leaving, I said, all right, well, like, Adidas is helping me do this. So then I started thinking, well, you know, now that these companies are investing in you, you know, you're a lot more than just some random kid eating ramen noodles in college. Like, it's a little bit different, and you have a little bit more of weight on your shoulders because if you go and mess up, you're not just representing yourself. You're representing, you know, Adidas will be, you know, what I mean. I'll have some. I had some. I don't even know what Adidas shoes I wore, but you know, you have some Stan Smiths on, and the next thing you know, like all these people get roped into it, and you're representing more than just yourself.
1: Well, I mean, speaking of speaking of representing, you kind of roll me into this next question. Like, what was your what was your earliest experience with with marketing yourself? Like, what was that? What was that like? Because technically, you are a brand, right?
2: Yeah, and it's odd because. Um, you know, when I was a rookie, I was actually voted on the best 11 Twitters, um, which is, I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, the, the MLS has kind of really pushed the fact that you have to market yourself and build your brand. And it's very counterintuitive to kind of the way I am, um, because I'm not a huge guy to be like, oh man, look at me, look at all the things I'm doing. but. A lot of times they really tell you that some of the better athletes you know, do do that. It's just a matter of trying to tread a fine line between being genuine, like I said, but also at the end of the day, getting your, your message out there. So you know, when I was a rookie, they were really pushing like social media and stuff, and now it's tenfold from 2010. So there's Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that. So I've you know, gone up in followers, but it's a matter of you know, really treading a fine line because I think that when someone's fake, you can see straight through that person immediately. And you go, you know what, like, I, this, is, this is not real. And that's not something that I want to be a part of. So, you know, I, I've tried to find a good balance to where people look at me and say, you know what, like, he's real. Like, that's the, someone I want to be, you know, connected with. And whether they, I can help them out or, I, or they can help me out, like, you know, it's just about being real with someone and being real with yourself.
1: Yeah. Would you, would you say that you are one of the most vocal people on the team then?
2: For sure. Yeah. Usually, um... Uh, well, actually, I started playing defense because the coach pulled me aside, and he goes, he goes, Eric, he goes, you're the loudest person off the field. You are so loud. Can you do that on the field? Can you play defense for us and organize and take that and play your position? And I said, all right, I'll try. And then I would talk so much I'd lose my voice, and teammates would hate me, but eventually coaches loved it because I, I tried to, like, play chess out on the field and put people in spots and things like that. And um, it's something I take a lot of pride in, you know, being vocal on the field, you know, you see me trying to organize things and yell at players and, um, you know, even give team talks before the game. It's either usually Valeri or I um, in the huddle and things like that that I, you know, really admire. And like I said, I look at basketball players that, you know, hold people accountable and do certain things like that. You know, when you hear people talk about Kobe's mentality and the way Jordan approached it and the way, you know, their competitiveness, like that's what drives me to be, you know, push myself even further in a lot of those ways.
1: Yeah, I mean, just, uh, I don't really have to comment on, I definitely, I've been to a couple games and I've actually seen you doing that out there. I mean, and, and even uh, when teammates are down, you know, you're the guy, I, see, I saw you last night run across the field to pass somebody on the back and let them know, like, it was going to be okay. You know, so, so I, that, I, I respect that, man. Thank you. So, yeah. Appreciate that. But yeah, back to business. <laughs> so what are the
0: things that, you know, mom could have been the main factor in all this and everything, oh. or like other things <laughs> you had growing up and everything, but what are those main things that drove you to kind of develop do you think that's going to possibly lend, you know, to your success off the field in the
2: future? Yeah, um, definitely my mom. I always, I always say that, um, you it's know, yeah, you know, my mom was a single mom for a, clapping, well, right? for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my mom was a single mom for a while and raised three of us together. And um, I always promised her, and I will hold to this, that I told her I would buy her a cruise um, to thank her for everything. And once the old wedding gets paid for, then you know what? Then we're going to slide a little bit of the funds back towards mom. But, um, you know, just seeing the the work ethic. And basically my mom didn't make excuses. When it was we had to go to soccer stuff, all that stuff, like she'd make the finances work. And I know it was tough at times, and I know that. Um, but I just know, like, it's one of those things where you don't make excuses. And, you know, a lot of times when people fail in life, they're going to look and try to point the finger about what, didn't go right and try to take some of that responsibility away from themselves. And, you know, my mom never necessarily always said did she didn't say that specifically, but she led by example. And, um, that was something that always stuck with me. And even, you know, to soccer, like, you know, you look at the goal last night. Yeah, it was an own goal, but I always look at myself how I could have affected the play positively, whether I need to communicate with my teammate, whether I need to put out the fire myself. You know, I think it's good to be introspective and try to basically, um, you know, not make excuses because I think we try to, you know, get out of situations because of that. And once you, you know, take some of that responsibility, I think we grow as people and, and, you know, I think we can grow as a a whole.
0: So how do you think that's going to translate to you, your life off the field and, you know, after this?
2: Yeah. Um, This is something that, that the MLS has really been pushing. And basically, we're soccer players. We don't make, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. money. You know, you don't get 65 million guaranteed. The salary cap is three million, so you figure you take twenty teams. The the twenty teams, our salary cap is maybe sixty five. What he's making guaranteed for the next five years. So we don't get the NBA type money. So um, we need to essentially create paths that will give us a profession after um, we're done. And the first thing I remember when I signed for Portland was I said, "Man, like I'm an Nike athlete and I'm going to the hub. Like I would love to create relationships." You know, just to to evolve my life after. And again, when I make a relationship with anyone, I'm not gonna go to them and text them right away and be like, "Yo, like we friends? I I got you tickets to a game. Like I love for you. To hook me up with a job. Like it's not about that again." But you know, it's one of those things where you do have to use your platform to try to further things. And again, if you create these relationships, um, that can take you far. And for me, you know. Trying to work with people at Nike was a no-brainer, and it's something that I'm passionate about off the field. So um, it, it worked out pretty well, and it's going all right.
0: So, uh, so you might know a little more about it, but can you explain to us what loosely, if you can, yeah. what that relationship might be and what it might mean in the future?
2: For? Yeah, of course. So I, I originally got um, introduced uh, at Nike for a customization project that essentially has been scrapped, but essentially I was brought in to go through the process of building a cleat from idea to on field because they wanted to see what an athlete would think and what their process would be creating a shoe, the stud placement, you know, support, leather, synthetic, lacing, everything.
0: So if I may interject on that part. So I was when I was at Nike I was at PLM and that's basically what they would have us do. And we would actually have to go out and talk to the athletes to adjust them and spend god ungodly hours and like stay on the phone with them while they're cooking dinner and everything. Mm-hmm. They tell us about a workout they had that day where they felt a certain toe tap, we have to go back and share with the developers, which Ian was, and our engineers, That's and see was that possible, was that something feasible, and everything. But it's interesting because it's almost as if they're cutting out the middleman to go directly to that. And to be fair, yeah. you know, because I'm sure you work with other athletes, that doesn't always work. Yeah. Because I can share moments of times when guys are like, Yeah, I want my shoe to look just like Kanye's. And it's like, Well, no, we're making a performance shoe for you. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't quite, you know, mm-hmm. they don't quite get.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so what they tried to do essentially was um, bring me in and say, you know what, this is going to be like a two-year-long thing that we're going to go through the entire process from start to finish, just to see your, an athlete's way of thinking and all these types of, types of deals. And I would try to give them as much insight as possible and also tell them what my teammates are saying and not just be like me, like, you know what I mean, I like leather and I like this, or I like my boots to be black. I tried to give them some general feedback from athletes, and I'd also run ideas past my teammates so that I could bring more feedback to them. And in kind of learning that Nike model, um, I got to meet a lot of cool people in the kitchen um, and develop some really good relationships of just friends. Oh,
0: he just dropped the kitchen like it's something small. Like, you got to talk about that. No. You, you just got to talk about that.
2: Well, I, the thing <laughs> is, know, I again, I don't know, even know, know the, the magnitude of it, but I was, like, whenever I tell people I, like, my first little internship, they welcomed me in the kitchen, and I was there for, like, a... Like a Three months during the winter, everyone's like, what do you mean? And I I don't get it. So maybe you guys yeah, can explain. Yeah, okay. So
1: I think he's best so, so I mean, the for those of you guys who don't know, how many of you actually know what the innovation kitchen is at Nike? How many of you have been in there? I'm like, all right, so two, three. Yeah, yeah. I, so we got early a round of hands of ten people that actually know what it is and like three people that have actually been in there? Yeah. Cool. Uh and I mean, those, these are, there are millions of viewers. In two, home. two I of them worked. Did, <laughs> did you, by chance, did you work at Nike as well? No, no. So he just I was, was off. Oh, he was just up in there. <laughs> okay, shout out, man. I'm trying to be like you. Um, <laughs> he said, he said, no, 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 no. I never ran. Um, respect. Uh, but no, for for those who don't know, the Innovation Kitchen is a place uh, where Nike thinks about a lot of the crazy stuff. I'm not gonna say all of it because. I never worked in the kitchen. I was thinking of crazy stuff all the time anyway. <laughs> like, uh, anyway, shout out to myself. Um, <laughs> but, so the, the the kitchen is is that place where, like, that's where Tinker sits. That's where a lot of the, like, future, future stuff happens. Like, you know, a lot of times, the innovate, that's innovation. Um, and so for you to just be able to slide in the kitchen's DMs like that um, <laughs> is, is bananas. Um, so, yeah. Yes, yeah. you are...
2: I'm well. I feel fortunate that I was able to go in there and basically, as ridiculous as it sounds, kind of I could just walk up to someone's desk and just like start talking to them, and to see a lot of the way people think and handle their business, it just made me fall in love with the creation process. And you know, like I said, I've tried to use some of those relationships to just get even more time in front of people at Nike because, as athletes, we're given a platform for a variety of different reasons, and I think that we have to use that platform for good, first and foremost. We need to go out there and put positive vibes and put positive things out there, which I've tried to do this year, especially on the field and with the whole Pride Month thing. But also just if, if it does get me in front of you know certain people, I want to try to create as many good relationships. And obviously, I'm lucky because I play for the Timbers, and for some reason, people find that cool. Um, so. Oh,
1: uh, you can show it. You can yeah, play Yeah, yeah, yeah. He ain't showing off because he got a special view. I run the Timbers. I, 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 um, uh, I'm not going to tell you what the trade was, but I was very happy with it. If need uh, more of uh, said trade bait, let me know. But, uh, this is a very generous person, and he said he, does, you know, he tries to do a lot for the community. Um, we could go into detail about all the stuff that he's doing for kids and for you know, whoever. Like, one time I did sent out, out, <laughs> out a tweet and was like, I'm going to be at Deadstock Coffee. Whoever comes through, whatever, come by. I got your drink. And you hung out for like an hour, and somebody – called his boss and was like, hey, I gotta go pick up something from home. I'm gonna work from home the rest of the day. Uh, and his boss was like, all right, cool, no problem. He went, ran home, got his <laughs> jersey, wore it in the shop, and then they just hung out and talked for like a half hour, and it was dope. But anyway, uh, we got a nice little gift. Uh, is, uh, you know what I'm saying? How
0: many people get their, your company put back on the back of an MLS jersey in their own home. Not
1: very many when you're not paying. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh yeah, and y'all, y'all see the number. Um, this number is actually retired here in the city of Portland. But uh, wow! But uh, Zarek and I both know the importance of this number, uh, both in the city, but also to each other. You know what I'm saying? Shout out, man, Al Nicholson. I'm gonna let y'all know the, the answer. The Philly story in the, into Portland.
2: The answer. For basketball. That's
0: all. About. <laughs> that's a <laughs> beauty sport. That's a beauty sport. Sport
1: and sneakers. There it is. Yeah, but uh, sorry.
0: So yeah, no, just speaking on that and everything. I mean, like we we know again about how great and charitable and. <laughs> you are the kids and everything, but what, like, how does that play into your day-to-day, and how do you think that plays into, you know, your brand itself, and, like, how it'll help your brand grow?
2: Yeah, I mean, again, it's all, it's all part of that that build-your-brand thing that I find odd, but for me, my mom always volunteered. She would take me to, um, we'd go to the women's shelter, and we'd spend nights there and stuff like that, and, um, you know, again, for, for some... Out. For some odd reason, people like if I go and visit a a kid in the hospital, which I've which I've I've done a few times at Dornbecker's and at Shriners and stuff like that. Like the kids, like I don't know, like just because I I play for the Timbers, they find that brings joy to them. And to see kids struggling and going through sicknesses and stuff like that, for me to go play bingo with someone is, is it's nothing. You know what I mean? There's so many bigger things in this world, and there's so much. Damn negativity right now. I think we we all need to, to spread as much positivity and as much positive vibes as possible, and that's why I try to go to, um, you know, to Shriners and to I've been to Dornbecker's a bunch now. Um, we put on um we put on the uh, the ribbon uh, campaign this year with the Timbers. So essentially that started as a as a dumb bet that someone made with me at marathon that I wouldn't wear a ribbon in my hair, and we turned that into raising eight thousand dollars for a, a local charity just for selling ribbons and I wore it for one game and just again you know to to put something out there and to to bring some good into this world because there's so many bigger things than just soccer or sneakers or whatever like that so you know we gotta you know go out there and spread that kind of love and if I have the platform again I always say that if (laughs) if I had to shut up and dribble I'd probably dribble out of bounds, so I can't just do that because I dribble out of bounds in a game. You can pull up the clip. It's ridiculous. I was wide open, and I dribbled out of bounds, and I did not hear the end of it for, like, two weeks from my teammates. <laughs> so as much as they tell LeBron that, we're given a platform, and if we can do good with that, then, hell, we got to do as much good as possible.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. I think the, that kind of goes into the next question we have everything, but, like, you seem to pretty in touch with yourself in terms of, like, what is important and how things. Um, What are the top five points you think a person should know about growing their actual brands in your own personal brand as well as your, you know, work brand? So you said,
2: yeah, Um, again, I think my biggest thing is to be as genuine as possible. Don't do stuff that you would not feel comfortable with or something that you won't give 110%. Because I think that people, like I said, see through that immediately. You know what I mean? If you're not being real, people just be like, well... You know what I mean? Like at least have a real conversation with me.
0: We're low budget, so it's not going to be problem on the
2: screen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like this. yeah. Number two, number two, I would say that when you make relationships with people, don't do it expecting something in return. A lot of times, people will meet somebody and be like, "Yo, this is cool, like, because I, you know, yo, I, I know Ian, though. Let me get some free coffee, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's dumb. So, I buy all my coffee. yeah. But so I think when people create relationships and then immediately you know want to turn that around and just like get something from the person then like that's enough that's just not cool and then eventually that kind of word spreads for so for example one of my buddies I'm not going to say who made a comment to me once like oh I try to do a lot of favors so I can be like Harvey Specter and when I need something I can go back to them and I remember sitting there just going like biting my tongue a little bit just like no that's not how that's not how that's not how it should be you know what I mean like that's that. That's not. That's not like the way relationships are supposed to be built. So I think that, you know, we need to just go in and and meet people and develop great relationships. And if, like I said, if the time comes, and I think the person will be more than willing to help you out. But if it doesn't, then who cares? Like, it's not about that. That's two. Oh man, we got we got three more we got of these. More you yeah. got more yeah, three yeah, yeah. of these.
0: Good in depth
1: information. I here. got faith in
2: you. Um, three more I would say, is. Another one would be don't judge others on the way they go about promoting their brand. Cause what might seem outside the box to you might seem normal and complete to them. And I've seen you know, I've seen people, you know, approach their brand differently. And just cause it's not the way I would do it in terms of self-promotion, these things, doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Do you know what I mean? Like when people like will retweet certain things praising themselves, like it's not necessarily like a bad thing. It's just they're going about things a different way. So I would say to not be judgmental over others in the way they handle their business. Obviously, if it's not good business, yeah, then we can have a conversation. But you know, I think that you know, you know, you do you, and, that, and that's just kind of the way it is. Um, the last two, let's maybe we can merge it into one. I'm struggling for five. Um, I would say that um, again. I think that there's just so much negativity in the world right now. And I think that the way people can hide behind screens and, and comment about certain things um, gives people a lot of an outlet to maybe think negatively first about certain things. But I think that we can just pass along good things, whether it's buying someone a coffee, whether it is um, you know leaving someone a tip, whether it's opening a door for someone, whether it's things like that, little things. You know, Imagine if we all did one of those things a day, then if everyone passed that along, then that's just everyone in this room. And that's 20 more good things that we're doing. And um, that's just not necessarily a personal brand. It's just, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like every time I saw Ian, he was always super courteous. He always gave my mom a hug. Like, do you know what I mean? It's things like that that really go far and it builds kind of the person you are so that when people do speak about you and you're not there, it's, it'll be something positive and more heartwarming than something like, yo, this dude is cheap or he's, or he's fake or whatever. You know what I mean? So building it in a way that when you leave, you leave the world a better place, and you leave your your, your place of living a better in a better way.
0: Do you want or... mm-hmm. but, yeah, I mean, do you think it's a big difference in your personal brand versus how, say, the Timbers or any other MLS
2: team to you know? Yeah, I think it's um, the. the t-